think we do live in a society that so values busyness and going to all the clubs and all the classes and you need to do this you can't just go to school you also have to do it it's just we live in that world don't we and i think to be able to model what you're talking about which is just slowing down to speed up and i know that's something that you talk about it's just such a gift isn't it it is and it's hard to do it and you know, I'm a realist as well. Like we all have mortgages to pay. We have to pay our bills. We have to get out there and work. We can't just sit in our back gardens and meditate all day. But we have to also look at our life and to wonder, is my life working for me? What am I actually trying to achieve here? And I think when you do stop and pause, one little tiny tip in my book is a 30 second check-in in the morning. So when I worked in radio, I always worked on the breakfast shift, loved breakfast news, loved getting up before everyone else because I could fit more stuff into my day. But I was so depleted year after year after year that I'd often find myself sitting at my desk without my glasses without my phone, without my wallet, you know, taking other people's keys home from the office. Like it was so much frantic energy all the time, all because I never stopped at my front door with my hand on the handle. And before I pulled it open, I never stopped to say to myself, what is it that I need today? Before I start giving to the rest of the world, what do I need? And you can do that in 30 seconds. So for people that say, I don't have time and I completely understand that, give yourself the gift of just 30 second check-in. What do I need today? Is it more water? Is it actually an early night? Is it to make it my business to say no today at least once? Just check in before you give. And I think for mums, oh my gosh, like, isn't that just so, so, so important? Because I think we hear all these analogies, like we hear you can't pour for an empty cup. We hear the oxygen mask analogy, but there's so few of us actually putting that into practice. Like I think we know it up here, but it's just completely different ball game. actually being able to care for ourselves as well, as much as we do our children. Tell me about what that's been like for you. It's been difficult at times. I've definitely felt really selfish. You know, that oxygen mask thing, we've all heard it. Actually, what does that really mean? What does that mean in real life? So for me, I spoke about the burnt potato. I have like five little short stories in the book and women really resonated with this. So my husband, Jamie, was diagnosed with MS when we were dating and that was like earth shattering for us. For a few years, we were absolutely devastated. Now, 10 years on, Jamie is fitter and healthier than he's ever been in his life. And thank God he's been so well. But at the time, I remember thinking our world had turned upside down and our whole life started to revolve around his health. Now, we didn't consciously do that. But I remember thinking his health is our priority. So I would do the ironing. I would do all the housework. I would encourage Jamie to go to the gym or go out for a run, go play hockey. And I'd say, don't worry, I'll look after everything. We have to keep you well. And then when I'd cook the dinner, if there would be a burnt bit of the dish, so say the corner of the lasagna burnt or a few of the roast potatoes. So I call this story the burnt potato. I would put the burnt food on my plate because I said, 
we have to keep Jamie well and I'll survive. Something we say to ourselves all the time in Ireland is, I'll be grand, I'll be grand. So I would eat the burnt food to keep Jamie well. Fast forward 10 years when I'm sitting in my garden during my chemotherapy journey with my dressing gown on at two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm saying to myself, how the hell did I expect to stay well when I was living like this, when I was giving every part of myself to other people? So I promised myself in those long, beautiful days that I had in my garden that if I survived it, things were going to be different for me. No more burnt potato. Now, when it comes to being a mother and doing that right. So I feel so guilty when I say no to Pia, you know, when I'm putting on my runners, leaving her, going for a run or going out with my friends or filling up my own cup because I feel like I should be giving every part of myself to her. The reason that I do put myself first from time to time and the reason that I don't eat the burnt potato anymore and I want Pia to see that because when she grows up, I don't want her to eat the burnt potato. So we're breaking the cycle. So self-care, wellness, putting yourself first from time to time, please don't ever think of it as selfish. You're just showing your children that they too, when they grow up, are important. And when you think you're important, other people start to think you're important too. Yeah, you're so right. What other cycles are you breaking? I think our mums, our mums did it all and, you know, not speaking for everyone, but, you know, I think historically women have sacrificed themselves for the good of everyone around them. I know my mum would sacrifice her own happiness for the happiness of her family and everyone around her. And I suppose when I was growing up, I wanted to be just like her. And actually, it spreads, right, when you start to look after yourself, like through my cancer journey. My mum is on her own journey now and with health and wellness and other people become curious about it. So when you lift yourself higher, you're actually lifting those around you too. Tell me more about people pleasing because you touched on it at the start, but I know it's something that almost every mother that I speak to struggles with. What are some of the shifts that have helped you say no more easily, put boundaries in, be able to hold those really uncomfortable moments that you were trying to avoid before. Especially around being a mother. Don't do for others what they can do for themselves. Because I don't want Pia to grow up and just think that life is a piece of cake. I need her to see now that she is going to have problems, but in those problems, she can grow. So I will make Pia do the hard stuff. I will make her do little chores around the house and see that not everything is hunky-dory in life because I want her to be resilient when she's older. I have this thing called quitting time, which I think a lot of mums will relate to. So eight o'clock, cut off for me. I've set boundaries. People in my family know that past eight o'clock, don't talk to me about work. Don't ask me to do anything in the house. Like I down tools at eight o'clock and that time can be different for everyone. But that's the time that works for me because I like to get into bed early around half nine. So that gives me an hour and a half of like a bit of time and space before I go to bed. And I think when you set boundaries, and I think especially for, you know, young teenagers that could come up to their mums in the evening at like seven o'clock and go, oh, I need my rugby stuff for tomorrow, but it's 
dirty. Well, if your child knows that you're downing tools at eight o'clock, they're going to make sure to give you that dirty kit at five. So it's just little things like that that I think, but it's important when you set boundaries to let other people know about your boundaries so that they can see the line and they can choose not to cross it. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you're just setting this just those invisible expectations. Like imagine if you hadn't said the 8pm cutoff and then you were getting annoyed at everyone for asking you after that. And also, I've really learned about, you know, when I first started saying boundaries, I was so clumsy with it. Oh my gosh. Now I've learned it doesn't need to be this big, heavy thing. Definitely don't use the word boundary because everyone's like, whoa, what? But I think it doesn't have to be this big, heavy thing, does it? It can be as simple as, you know, guys, after this time, this is what's going to happen. Or can you not do that? Or it doesn't work for me for that reason. Like when normally most people in my life are like, oh, cool. Okay. I didn't realize that was a thing. Great. Yeah. I get that. Sometimes it's not like that. And as well, like just to say on that, like I have a six-year-old, so it's really easy for my quitting time to be eight o'clock. Like I'm going to have another baby at the moment. I don't think 8 p.m. is going to be quitting time for me in the future. But even if you can just screen calls, you know, is there someone ringing you at half nine to talk about their life? Like we need to say no. You know, so even if you could set a boundary around that, like don't ring me past past eight o'clock or don't send me an email outside of work hours. I agree. I have a little out of office that you probably got actually when I emailed you, which is like, this is how long it's probably going to take me to respond. Yes. It's a little expectation setter. <laughs> <laughs>